The Green Suiters Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to support our show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Podcast. Before getting this episode, we'd like to thank the following new patrons who just joined our Patreon community. Joe Jackson, Matthew Crocker, Jessica Yan, and Adam Peck. Thank you for your support. Now, on to the show. <laughs> uh, episode nine can you believe that i know Whew. i'm so excited that the numbers are going to raise even faster now that we are doing this every week everyone you're welcome that's right you are welcome every week i sold one of my kids so now i've got more time yep i refinanced uh my home to okay. afford to pay my bills and Jason got a really good deal on it, too. He got a 24% APR. Yes, which I understand is very good on homes. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. God, I'm so excited. So what have you guys been up to this week? You want me to go first, Mr. Sedgley? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... Actually, not a lot. Uh, we decided to uh, kind of rearrange our office. Um, I don't know if you guys remember. I, I don't know if I posted too much on Instagram about it. And I did do a YouTube video. But, I mean, you guys both saw the office. You guys come over here all the time. The yep. big uh, yep. double desk built-in that I did. Yep. Well, yeah, we basically scrapped one of them. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, it's one whole set is sitting in my shop now. Um, and the reason we did that is because we wanted to move the bike from the living room into that room and kind of turn it more into a, a gym and a smaller scale office. So we, we did some rearranging, uh, and I'm just going to repurpose some of this stuff. And uh, I started that, but, uh, it was funny. I had to go up in my attic and get this big, I have like this big Husky roller tote that I actually moved all my clamps in. Um, when I moved from Georgia up here and I, I, I went up to the attic to get it, pulled it down, went into the bedroom, getting ready to start pulling these things apart. And I just happened to open stories. Sometimes I'll just let stories on Instagram play in the background so I can like listen to what other people are doing and get caught up. And it, one of them was Jason Hibbs. So oh, yeah, I this. yeah, he was asking... Yeah. He was asking, uh, he's getting ready to build a miter saw station, or not a miter saw station, I'm sorry, an assembly table. And he needed one more pair. He had everything that he needed except one more pair of 21 inch uh, full extension under mount drawer slides. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I used 21 inch on this cabinet. And sure enough, I, you know, I, I pulled one of the drawers out and, and did it, uh, measured it, and it was 21 inches. And like 15 minutes before that, he posted that story. So I wrote him and I was like, hey, I've, I've got a set that I can send you. Um, and then he was like, hey, do you have any more? Uh, because it would actually be, I, like I'll take as many as I can get at this point because th like they're backordered everywhere. Oh, everything's backordered. Yeah, it's really hard to get Bloom stuff. Like oh. I ordered a set for uh, something I recently did. Anyways, it took forever for them to get there and i was wondering I'm like what the heck is going on well yeah they're back ordered um and <laughs> so i'm sending them four sets i got i gotta send those out on sunday um but so crisis averted but anyways he, he like posted about it in his stories and i 
I'm pretty sure I gained like 450 followers on Instagram <laughs> in 24 hours. It's not a joke. <laughs> wow. Like, like it took me it's back nuts, to the man. old days of Instagram. I mean, it was like instantaneous. I just like looked at, I was like, holy crap. Like who which, are all of these people? It's great. Which is in, in, which is in contrast to the conversation we had a few weeks ago where you, you know, in the past, you never really saw a bump in anything from collaborative, you know, anything cross posting or cross videos or shop tours or whatever. And so I think it just depends on the audience that they have. Right? That I think is one part of it, but I, I think I, I disagree. Like there's definitely results. However, the results, the big results you get are from those accounts that are just massively huge. Cause think about it, you know, with my following, I I'm lucky to get 2000 uh, views on my stories. Well, his following is like four times the size of mine. So let's just, you know, quadruple that and hmm. say a small percentage yeah. of those people actually like are diehard fans or, or whatever. And they're like, oh, I want to go follow this guy. But it, what really blows my mind is that there was that many people. There's that many people out there that that follow him for woodworking and, and probably realistically a lot of people following him and don't even like woodworking. He's just so damn entertaining that, yeah. you know, he could make any video entertaining. Hmm. Um but I just thought that was interesting. It was just wow. like, holy cow, like one little thing, yeah. you know, cause it's like us. If, when we talk about people on this show, what do you think is happening? People are listening to it. And as they're like, all right, who are the next people? There's probably some people out there listening to the podcast that are like, Ooh, I love this segment. And as we say the name and spell it out, they're like typing it in and following. Right. So, um, mm. I think it just, it happens differently at different, different levels. Huh. But um, other than that, that's, that's really all I've been doing, um, this past week work. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm at work a lot more now. I just, I have less and less time out here. So, um, hopefully here in the very near future, I'll be getting started on the next project. Um, I did release the cabinet video, Ben, obviously while you were here, mm -hmm. um, right, yeah. right before you left or right after you left, but video is doing that great. Morning. Oh yeah. Video is doing great. Yes, Sedge? <clears throat> Be prepared, Mr. Bent. I watched it. Oh, my gosh. Are you okay? Uh-huh. And I'm going to tell you, it's a killer video. Thank you. It means a lot coming from you. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's okay. Yeah, I basically just ripped <laughs> off your video. Hey, you guys, I, I, mean? I got a quick question on, um, on uh, Instagram and YouTube. Some guy reached out to me this week. And I don't know if he's got a big following. He's called The Beast. Mr. Beast. <laughs> Mr. Beast. <laughs> yeah. Should I do a collab with him? You should. Absolutely not. He'd be a millionaire the next day. Oh, no. my God. I can't believe the size of some of these accounts. Yeah, it's nuts. It's cool. But it's can really, happen to anybody. It's really cool. Okay, I digress. Sorry. So, um, but before I, I'll kick it over to, uh, Ben, I'll kick it over to you next. Um, one of the most requested things I've been getting lately is, so first of all, the feedback from the cabinet video has been fantastic, which I knew it would be. And I'm not saying that yeah. to sound big headed. It's just that I've done cabinet videos before and the feedback has always been really good. And I have an entire list series of all kinds of different things that I want to do. And you better believe that I'm going to start leaning heavily into that uh, for two reasons. One, yeah. it does well. And two, I really enjoy doing it. Um, and there's so many different variations. Well, with that being said, 
one of the most common questions and requests, believe it or not, for a YouTube video is how I determine the drawer size and spacing. Yes, absolutely. And by the time this video comes out, or by the time this podcast comes out, the video will already be live. So I'm interested to see what the what the feedback is from that. So I kind of I had a perfect ex uh, opportunity because I just ripped apart two, you know, um, custom based cabinets. They're not standard; they're custom. So this really applies because I have to develop my own sizes and I have to develop my own spacing and all that stuff, right? Which I talk about in the video. So. I actually used this. I took the drawer fronts off and I had a cabinet that already had spacing and I walked through like, here's how I did this. Here's the math that I used. This is why I did this. Here's how I go about doing it. And um, we'll see. I, I don't know if it's a super highly searched topic, but I think it's going to help the people that have been asking. So I'm excited about that. But that's what I've been doing. I just got to edit that in the next couple of days. And that's it. What about you, Ben? Well, before I get to what I was doing, so what, what makes you choose to do a custom size versus just doing standard cabinet or, you know, um, standard drawer sizes? Like, what was it that prompted you to do that? Okay, so I don't want to get too deep into it because I talk about that in the video, but the, the gist of it is, is I think there's two categories that people fall into when it comes to determining drawer sizing and spacing. And the first is uh, it's custom and there's no reference. Right, I can reference any typical base cabinet for a kitchen island, a, a kitchen with a single drawer and a drawer front. Matter of fact, Sedge has great books. There's great books out there. You can literally open it up and get every measurement you need for every cabinet, regardless of style. So that's a standard. That's easy to reference. If you're building something for a customer, so for example, this was uh, a, a very specific height based on the legs that I use. So it wasn't a standard box size. Um, it was a specific width, which the width really doesn't matter in this. It's more of the, you know, the, the overall height. That's what you need to know. And then I knew I wanted three drawers and I wanted three drawers to be a specific size for a specific reason. Mm. So because of that, I have to create the, but the, the thing I'm trying to point out in the video is how do you get to that point? How do you determine the drawer sizes that you want and figure out how much you have to play with? Um, and then the other trap that people fall into is they think that they need to take up every single you know, millimeter in that box. Like, oh, I have another quarter of inch. I need to make my drawer box quarter of inch higher. And I, I better only have an eighth of an inch gap between drawers. Like that's ridiculous, right? That causes more problems than anything. So anyways, I, I talk about that in, in the video and I, I think it'll be good. I think it's going to help the right people. I don't think it'll be a, a zinger, but um, I think it'll help the right people. Oh, I thought it was going to be based off of the size of the fleshlight that you have. The polar vortex? Yeah. I swear. I listened to episode eight today on the way home, <laughs> on the way to work and on the way home. And when we got to the everybody hates Jason, the, the get bent or get bent. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I was losing it in the car. Like the person next to me was looking at me funny because I was at a stoplight when that car came on and said he was talking about his name in, in college and all this stuff. And I, I lost it. I looked like an idiot. It was hilarious. Oh, too cool. Ben, what have you been up to? Um, so I uh, got home from uh, seeing you guys on the weekend on uh, Sunday evening and started to do a little bit of shop organization. I still have some stuff that's just kind of scattered everywhere. I, I need to get some, some plywood so I can start making some carcasses for all the cisterners that I got now. And um, I started experimenting with one of my older designs. Jason, remember the, the yep. stools that I used to make? Yeah, I've been watching your stories. 
So this was probably my best seller right here. I, I was telling Jennifer about it last night. Um, I didn't even have these on my Etsy shop for a year, and I, I had sold over a hundred of them. So wow, I, I've been checking. I've been checking Etsy uh, for the last few weeks, and there's there's still nothing like this that's on there. Wow. Um, and that's also why I got the Glowforge so that I can grave it because I think that's what led to a lot of the sales. So, anyways, I'm gonna make them now. One of the pro yeah, that, can, one what's of the, that angle right there yeah. that you cut he that talks at? Thirty stories. Go back and watch it. Thirty eight okay. and a half and fifty two and a half. <laughs> okay. Or or fifty one and a half, something like that. Whatever it is. So, anyways, um, so when I had when I made these before, I used to do them on my table saw, and it was it was a really long process to make them. And so now that I don't have a tape, a table saw, I was like, man, I really want to figure out a way to, that I can make these really, or not really quickly, but quicker than, than it was before. And so, um, when you do a, a complimentary cut, you're doing one cut at zero degrees, you're doing one cut at 90 degrees and the bevel of the saw dictates the angle that your, your overall angles are going to be at. And so I was like, okay, how can I use what I have? to um to do this quicker and so i ended up just using the edge of the mft to, to hold everything together so instead of instead of a, a a stool that that took eight passes over the table saw it only takes two passes with the track saw um and it's it's really really quick hmm. nice i'll tell you so i've been watching your stories and you've been saying some bold stuff about the track saw versus table saw i cannot wait to Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to prove everybody. Well, not prove everybody wrong, but, and you know, that's not, I'm not trying to prove anybody anything. I am trying to, to prove the people that, that made that comments or comments on that Facebook post that a track saw can't do certain things when it clearly can do all of those things. Um, I, I understand I want, the way that you're making the comment. Like yeah. you can do, this goes with any tool. You can do, yeah. the dado is a perfect example. Well, you can't put a dado stack in a, mm -hmm. in a track saw. You're right, you can't. That doesn't mean you can't do if a dado. Had, if I had an HK85, I could. Because it has one. Really? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. got a 50 millimeter Makata. In, in Europe, they do. Yeah. I think it's, Wow. I'm trying to remember, is it a 50 millimeter? I think it's, it, I think it's 55. That's the deepest that it is. Oh, that's the deepest, but there's a... There's a cutter, and maybe I'm thinking about the other cutter on the larger saw that's got the 16 inch blade. That no, that's got a 90 mil. Yeah, that's got a 90. That's got a 90 millimeter and also a 50 millimeter. So I, I I'm not sure what that HK85 has, but it does have a it does have a uh, aluminum billet with carbide knives, and it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I've used cool. it before. It's, yeah. It works good. But um, you know it. I'm still trying to balance all this like with going to school and, and right now it's it's starting to get to the crunch time in school. I've got projects that are coming up now and I've gotten voluntold to to be the leader of certain class uh project groups and so YouTube's just kind of on the back burner now. But um that's all I've been really been up to is is just kind of going back looking at my old designs, doing school stuff. Um I want to talk HVLPs real quick. Let's do it. So I, I think I'm going to pull the trigger on the Semi Pro Two from okay. um, Fuji. From Fuji. So, what? Apart from, um, let, me, let me back up. What are the benefits 
that I would experience using a sprayer, like a, a good sprayer, you know, or, you know, a semi-professional sprayer versus uh, rolling tip and something. And I, like, I, I know that there are some benefits to it, but I know that some people listening to this may not exactly know. Uh, so what, what would be the benefits for me? Two things, faster. Okay, faster what? Faster application of finish. Okay. Uh, and you're gonna get a better result, period. Um, some, some of them, I believe you could argue. Um, I've gotten good results with certain finishes brushing on, uh, very good results. Like you wouldn't even know that it was brushed on. The larger the surface, from my experience, the more difficult it is to get it uh, very even across the board. With a spray system, uh, a decent spray system, I've had really good finishes with a home right sprayer on clear coats. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel like if you kind of get the technique down and you really understand your gun, it's going to be a better experience. Now there are downsides too, but Sedge, what, to answer his question, what do you think? Better lay down. It's, it's so much quicker. People will complain about the cleanup of the gun versus the, you know, your brush and your roller. That's a bunch of hoo-ha. Cleaning, well, cleaning up is so easy. It's ridiculous. Um, I'll spray, 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 spray. I love to. Uh, tipping and rolling, yeah, you got to work out. You got to work out some roping issues and stuff like that. And there's so much technique in the yacht business. There was there was a lady. I'm trying to remember her name. She could roll and tip. Oh my God, next to any sprayer, she was good. Dottie. I'm That's years remember. of experience. Oh my God! Yes, she. Oh, and she was always busy because there's some places, you know, in yards where you don't want to spray and stuff like that. But it's a better uh, end product in my eye if you spray. And there is a lot of technique to it, but it's it's just simpler. You have more control, in my opinion. You can control the amount of material that's coming out. Sometimes with a brush, maybe you've lit, uh, loaded it too heavily. Um, you can get areas. And then everybody has a tendency to overbrush. Yep. So they'll brush. I, I mean, I do too. You'll brush and you'll be like, oh, I need to get these marks out. If you're using a really good finish that self-levels, brushing is a great option. Where you're also going to uh, capitalize on is, one, if you're batching things out, like let's just say those stools, sprayers are the way to go, mm -hmm. regardless of how small yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, in the long okay, run, well, I feel like you'd spend less money on consumables too. So my my concern going into it, uh, I mean, I've I've used sprayers before, um, like just the cheap ones you get at a big box store. But that was I was spray painting latex, I think. But anyways, I guess my not a concern that I have, but you know, I think about the time that I have. Um, you know what? How what is the average setup time that you would need? for um like an acrylic and what what's the cleanup time because for me if, if i'm doing obviously the the actual application would be quicker with a sprayer however the setup time with a paintbrush and a paint can is non-existent it's opening a can stirring it real quick and then applying okay the, the setup time for a paint spray system is non-existent as well as long as you clean it afterwards so the cleaning is the part that is going to save you time in the long run. And I'll give you a good example. I have my Fuji gun, which I use to spray 
the remainder of my finish on my assembly table and it's been sitting over there in the gun for two weeks and I'm dreading cleaning it. But that's my own fault, right? And yeah. I've, I have a bad habit of doing that. Now I'll be able to clean it and it'll be no problem. But this uh, the setup time is, is irrelevant, right? You're gonna take your sprayer, you're gonna move it to where you wanna spray and you're going to um, hook your your gun up to your hose you're going to turn it on or you're going to pour your finish in because you don't have to thin anything it's a, it's a clear coat yeah and just strain especially it especially with that system and you got you strain, yeah, you strain it, it, it pour it in it. yeah and it's and easy yeah you're going to turn the system on and you're going to spray i'll say it like this let's get a time value you do it right uh three minutes to set up <laughs> okay and five minutes to clean up well that's well, that's excluding, um, I mean, because you have to worry about overspray, right? Uh, like, I'm in my... Not really. No? You, no, you get you get your stuff dialed in. The extent of me uh, and my prep work in my shop when I spray things, I sprayed the entire walnut dining room table. I took a one, you know, or 35-cent plastic sheet, you know, yep. 0.3 mil plastic sheet, draped it over my... Um, my joiner planer combo did another one draped it over the miter saw station and I sprayed because the reality of it is, is spray systems are going to atomize that much quicker, right? If it's set up properly and those little particles that go up into the air, they're not little particles that are going to end up falling on a surface and, you know, causing any sort of issues. That's been my experience. You know what it creates? A little bit of dust. Yeah. It's a little um, bit of finished dust. With HVLP though, you have less bounce back. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of the game. That's where you, when you hear overspray, Ben, that's when a guy using a co is using a compressed air system. Okay. And man, people have a really tough time uh, controlling that because they get, they they are dialing in pressure way too improperly. And well, I, Seth, I mean, correct and, me if and, I'm wrong. And, and I've seen shops walking in without spray booths, and it's covered up. Because there's so much fog. It's like a fog walking in because they're idiots. Correct me they, if I'm wrong, okay. Sedge, but the, the whole purpose of the HVLP, so my system has an adjustable setting. Like I can adjust the amount of pressure. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the Power 2 does, or the Mini Mic 2, I'd have to look. Any of them that are adjustable, the whole purpose is to be able to dial down yes. the amount of pressure that's coming out of the gun, yes. but still atomize the finish properly. And when you do that, you don't have, that's the benefit to an HVLP versus the compressor. The compressor is gonna be yeah, full air unless you have a regulator yeah. on it. And so it's, it's, it's pushing the finish out in enough to where it's basically like coming out and falling on it, but it's not flying off. It's not hitting it and flying it all over yeah. the shop. So and the stuff that does go in the air in my shop, it's just, it's basically finished dust at that point. It would never fall on anything and like coat it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you got to, so it's really yeah. not a concern. You also got to be aware that that turbine's going to create heat. So yeah. it comes out. It's going to heat up. It's going to heat it up. So you got to be careful. There's certain things you got to be aware of as you're spraying. Like, oh, it's now, why is it setting up a little bit quicker? Because it's warmer, right? So. And it will warm up your shop in the wintertime. Absolutely. It's fantastic. So, yeah. Now, I have a lot to learn. Like I said, you said just so much more experience when it comes to, to spraying than I do. Yeah. But every time I do it, I learn a little bit more. Yeah. And, uh, talking with uh, Jeff, who's the owner of Target Coatings, 
that dude is like a genius when it comes to, mm-hmm. to finishes and him and I, he's actually been nice enough to like hop on the phone with me a couple of times. And we have one that we really want to like dive deep and like set up. He uses uh, Fuji spray systems solely, not the Apollo, but I use, I have the Apollo system, but the Fuji gun for clear coats. Yeah. Um, but he really helped me out a lot. I was like, hey, I just want to make sure I have my settings right. And it was funny because after testing everything out on my current spray system, I had everything set up. And uh, we ho- I think we hopped on the phone or we were talking via Instagram. And he was like, well, I, don't, I can't speak for the Apollo, but I usually have mine on about three-quarter power on the Fuji. He has like the Q5 Platinum or whatever. And I looked mm-hmm. down at my machine. And when I thought I had it dialed in, it was the same thing. It was on three-quarter. And in reality... You know, Apollo's system is probably very, they're both very good quality spray systems. I'm sure it's very similar uh, to the Fuji, but it was just, it was just nice. So he's been a, he's been a huge help and I, I have a ton to learn, but I, I don't like the, the prep work sometimes that I feel like I have to go to, but like, like if I had a, if I had a finishing room, let's just put it this way. If I had a finishing room, mm. no doubt. I hate applying. If I can spray, I'm going to spray. Unless it's like mm-hmm. one tiny little piece, and then I'm not going to do it. Yeah, my my only concern is that directly above me is my kids' room, and so worrying about um, fumes and VOCs and stuff like that. Obviously, I wouldn't spray necessarily if they were home, but it is something that I have to consider. I I wouldn't worry about that so much. And if you're really worried about it, get an air filtration fan for your shop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. I wouldn't worry about it. You, I spray in the garage, and we, you can't smell anything in the house, nothing at all. Yeah. So, and the only I wouldn't worry about it too much. The, I mean, we, we're diving deep, but the only other thing I'm going to tell you, well, a couple things, is I always have a gun for uh, paint and a separate gun for clear. Hundred percent. And also, what was the other thing I was going to mention? Ah, snap! There goes my memory. It was. That's uh, woodworking is amazing. I did it for you. You're yeah. welcome. That's no. That's that. That's what it was, Jason. Okay. <laughs> so so, I, I could. I mean, I know that Jason that you recommend oh. the the Fuji Semi Pro Two, but. I mean, you would still recommend the Apollo because right now the Apollo is. I there there is an Apollo available. It's about an hour away from me. Oh, used. Whereas, uh, no new. I can go to Woodcraft and pick one up. Do you know what system um, it is? I'd have to double check. I mean, we can run it by after the after the episode. But okay. um, there's a used uh, Fuji Semi Pro Two, but it's it's a, it's three hours away for four hundred bucks, and they're five hundred brand new. Oh, I'd buy it brand so new. I don't know. If, I'd buy it new. Yeah, not. How much is the Apollo? Even, uh, six something. I'd. I'd have to go look buy at the it Fuji. again. Hey Ben. Yeah. I just. Why, I just remembered what I was going to say, if you guys don't mind. And also, the other thing is, make sure you select what um, medium you're going to shoot, whether it is solvent-based or water, and stick with that. Follow me? Like like anything that I put into that same system? I just I would stay with water-based. Or same gun? I would stay with water-based the entire time. And then... Uh, it's way easier to clean, too. It's way... But, but no, no, no. I think lacquer's easier uh, or... Uh, solvent base is easier to clean for me it is um but and and i shoot uh i shoot solvent based uh lacquer so but i would not i would not (laughs) i would not (laughs) i would not i i don't shoot water base 
<clears throat> lacquer. Lacquer. Why, and why is Lacquer. And why is that? Such? It's just I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to mess up my gun. I've I shoot I shoot solvent based. I stay solvent based. So, so you could say Sedge that you're afraid of change. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, so, I I wouldn't change. No, I have that gun for lacquer. I mean uh, solvent based. I'd go buy a water based gun. <laughs> it's funny. I've actually had like uh, I've shot. Um, um, shellac right yep. and I've had shellac there's been times where I've had shellac in my gun without using it for like six months <laughs> and then I fire it up and I pull the trigger and it burns right through it and sprays just like it did the, the first yep. day I used it it's pretty cool yeah, water shell- base not so much shellac's okay, awesome so my, my next, no, my well, next hold on, question hold on, hold on. To go back, you said why the Fuji versus the Apollo. To be clear, I have nothing yeah. against Apollo. I have nothing against Fuji. I don't have brand loyalty to either one. I use both of their products. Um, but in my opinion, based on every... Apollo, you don't see all that much, right? Mm-mm. But if the Fuji, which I know plenty of people have Fuji spray systems and have the, the, the two-stage unit that I told you about, it's very reasonably priced and they have a very good track record and very good customer service. That's not to say Apollo doesn't because I have had very good experiences with Apollo. Um, you just don't know. You, you know just, you've, you've heard more about Fuji than you have Apollo. I know about one Apollo system and that is the Power 5. But I know plenty of people who have the two-stage, a three-stage, a four-stage, a five-stage, Fuji, all this stuff because it's all over social media, which is, again, the power of social media marketing and why it's, it's more sought after. For what you want to do, shooting clear coats and nothing else, that system would be everything you need because unless you're planning on shooting a bunch of paint, then I would tell you look at a five-stage unit. Correct. Because it's more powerful. You, you don't you – I have a five-stage unit. I've never – yeah, I've never thinned down the paint even because the five-stage unit can handle it. Should I probably? Yeah. But I don't need to, right? But you can't do that on a two-stage. You better thin your paint and all that stuff. But you're just shooting clear coat. Don't go out and buy a five-stage unit. Buy the two-stage. And Unless, Fuji has a really good track record. Hmm. See, and this is always the, the dilemma, right? Because you, you, at some point, we, we exceed uh, the capabilities of the equipment that we use if we go for not the low-hanging fruit, but if we go for the, that mid-range or mid to low-range. Because like hearing you say that, like as long as you don't ever plan on um, spraying paint with it, which I know that you can if you thin it, um, but now I'm thinking, well, why don't I just get a five stage? That way, if I ever, because I, I know that I know for absolute certainty at some point I will be spraying paint. And if that's the case, then I would tell you, I, yes, you can thin it, but I can already tell you don't want to do that. So if you want to go big and, and ha- you know, have it, not need it, and then when you do need it, it's there, then, I mean, I, I'd have good things to say. I don't, I mean, I can't say any good things about the, the Fuji uh, I think it's Q5. like the plat- five platinum or platinum yeah. five or something like that. If you do order a Fuji though, let me know and I'll get you in contact with Jeff over at target coatings because he is a vendor for Fuji. Okay. I, matter well, of fact, I, mean, I, I might put you in contact with him so you can talk to him about it because he will be able to answer every freaking question that you have about Fuji spray systems. And from what I understand too, is that the stage fives are, um, they're much quieter than the stage twos and threes. Yes, don't, I, I'd sorry. agree with that. 
you probably, but don't think that it's going to be quiet enough, like to where you can like spray and no one's ever going to hear it. Because, like, my Power Five is still loud. But I also have never shot a two-stage, so like I would hate to hear what a two-stage unit sounds like. See that he has to keep going and me messing with his cat. This is so weird. Hmm. I swear, stupid cat. Don't say stupid cat. It's a wonderful cat. You've never even met Gumbo, Jason. I don't care. Okay. I can see He's it and I love it. Drink cat. your White Claw and shut your mouth. But Sedge, let's move on to Sedge because Sedge has not talked about what he's done and we're yeah we're 30 minutes into it and we have a really good topic to discuss. All right, Sedge, two minutes, go. Okay, I'll be quick. After uh, hosting a drunken hand tool clinic this weekend. <laughs> you, you oh, my God. Drunken, oh, my God. You should have seen our drunken photo shoot in my shop. Oh, my God. So um, I installed uh, Sunday those, uh, and I sent you guys a couple pictures of the Bora uh, rack I installed over my double door uh, lumber rack. And, yes. and it went up really well. Um, but once again, I'm organizing the shop again, and that's what I've been up to. And getting ready. By the time this uh, podcast appears, I will have uh, come back to Indiana because I'm heading out to uh, Los Angeles tomorrow for a, a big family wedding, and I'm really stoked. So that's what I'm I've so been up jealous. to. That's what I've been up to. The weather's. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do this weekend? <laughs> You're leaving me here to deal with Patrick from Leather by Dragonfly <laughs> all by myself. Yeah, you guys going to have a wonderful time. They're such a cool couple. I know. Michelle is coming, so I'm going to have a great time. Good. <laughs> Good. I'm just kidding. Patrick is okay for being a Marine. <laughs> cool. You gonna have some uh, some crayons set up for him? I am. So that's the good thing. That's one of the benefits to him coming is that, like, he's really familiar with crayons, so him and Leo get along really well, right? <laughs> what's his favorite? What's his favorite color to eat? Uh, pink, which I'm not surprised because the that's what I Marine thought. Corps is basically the the Navy. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. Alrighty. Hold on. Go ahead. <laughs> Hold on. So before we get into the topic, I'll make this brief. My Sergeant Major listens to our podcast. He's listened to every episode oh, cool. now. And that happened hey, in Sergeant like Major Jason, two Jason days. talks shit about you all the time, Sergeant Major. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, for those of you listening, this is not my, uh, my official recommendation this week, but my Sergeant Major uh, here at Camp Atterbury, Team Tomlin Carpentry. He just started Instagram. He's really excited about it. He get, is getting into trim uh, carpentry. But I told him, he told me the other day, I never in a million years thought that he would end up listening to this podcast, right? <laughs> so we're at work the other day, and he told me, he's like, oh, I started listening to your podcast, and he started on episode seven and worked his way back. And he's like, I think he's already done. And it was just funny well, was because- a terrible idea. The night before- we filmed or we recorded episode eight and I told him, I was like, all right, sorry, Major, I got to tell you something. Uh, we talked about you on my podcast on, my podcast. on episode eight, which um, will be coming out next weekend. And he said, oh, really? What, what were you guys talking about? I was like, uh, I got to be honest with you. I, I called you a Milwaukee weenie. <laughs> 
right. <laughs> he just kind of laughed about it, but cool. Yeah, it's good. I told him what we. I was. I've been trying to convert him over to over to Festool instead of the Milwaukee stuff and all of his pack out. Anyways, I just I thought that was funny because today, as I was listening to episode eight prior to it going live. I was listening to that part, and that was another part where I just started dying laughing uh, in the vehicle on my way home. Anyways, Ben, go ahead. What's tonight's topic? That's a, that's, that's a really weird way to try to get a good NCOER bullet, Jason. He doesn't write so my NCOER. Just, well, I'm just saying he, it goes through him. Not to mention, he sees it. I don't care if I get a really good NCOER now because I'm about to retire. <laughs> um, all right, so this episode is brought to everyone by one of our patrons, Eric Barber. Eric Barber is one of our top tier patrons on the show. And one of the greatest benefits that you get for being a top tier patron is you get to pick one of the topics for an entire episode. And so that's what we're going to do in episode nine. So this episode, it's all about materials. We've talked about tools before. We've talked about um, uh, shop organization, shop layout. And now we're going to, we're going to start boiling it down to our favorite materials to use. Um, so we'll start it off with Sedge when looking at cabinets and, um, carcasses, drawers, stuff like that. What is your, your go-to material to, uh, to construct those? Okay. <clears throat> My go-to material for carcasses is pre the majority of the time is pre-finished maple plywood. Um, I get. I usually get Columbia brand. I love it. It's. I mean, if you look at the sis wall I've done at uh, Festool, I just recently did it with all the sis AZ drawers, um, and the new Gen Three. Um, uh, Sedge, where do you where do you like to get the plywood from? Since uh, you said it's Columbia Forest Products. Uh, yeah, I get it from uh, Frank Miller Lumber. Okay. And. Um, um, I get uh, <clears throat> from Edgeco, uh, that's where I get most of my banding. I get uh, pre-finished maple banding. And the Contoro Edge Banner puts it on so nice. And you, I, it works great. So <clears throat> that is if it is like, a, not, a, not a shop cabinet, but I did a lot of, uh, I, I like to save the finishing of my cabinets as much as I can. So I used back at Fort Lauderdale in my shop. I use a lot of pre-finished plywood for my carcasses. And then you would get somebody saying, well, I want my carcasses this and this. So then I'd have to spray them. And I'd always get, still I'd get from Whittlesey Wood Products. I'd, I'd get custom layups sometimes on different species if it was stain grade. Now, if it was paint grade, okay. And by the way, I hate melamine. <laughs> I've been cut up by it. Oh my god, I just hate it. So I would the always most dangerous like dangerous wood out there. I would always like select uh, a decent cabinet grade plywood, and it for me, uh, I would either be birch or maple. Um, and uh, it's because you prime. You always prime, 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 and sand between uh, that prime coat before you. For me to put your first coat on, so it, it, the prime seals it too. I I would always shop majority of the time B B two uh, plywood. I, I would stay away from shop. Can you can you explain that? Yeah, B two. Can you explain B two? Yeah, B two is um, 
it, it's always classified wherever I've purchased as a, a paint grade plywood where A is doesn't have any imperfections and stuff like that. And a lot of people say, well, I use A because there's less imperfections. Well, for me, B2 was, if I was painting, was fine. And there's all kinds right. of different ratings. I think it's A through C. I, I can't do it any justice, but Jason, what's that podcast you turned me on to? Shannon. Uh, Shannon. Uh, Shannon Rogers, The Lumber Industry Update. He has a whole series on plywood. It's very, very good. Oh, my God. Uh as soon as you mention that, I listen to it, and I've listened to about I think ten episodes, and it just refreshed my memory. But it was really great to hear a professional such as him he is explaining it in really clear uh, a really clear way. It was it was really good. Yeah, and uh, very understandable. Everything you ever need to know about plywood is in those couple episodes. Yep. So. Um, I can't say that enough. Now, if I was selecting a hardwood, okay, and it was paint grade, all right, I'll tell you what, I'll select maple every single time because of its para, uh, porosity or porosity, whatever you want to say it. In other words, when you prime your, if it's paint grade, if you prime that maple, you're not going to have any imperfections. I never did. Uh, with a maple, and then your your you, then your two or three shots on top of that of your, whatever you're shooting for paint, it just. In other words, think about this. Think of you the porosity of oak, and you were gonna paint oak. Okay, you have to seal it really well first, because mm -hmm. you know, uh, because of your cathedrals and your pores, right? Mm -hmm. You don't do that. It'll walnut, bleed right through. it'll bleed right through walnut, all of it. So. That's yeah, the, I think just, those those I I think sometimes a lot of people forget the prime, and that is if I could if I could have one gem to hand out there, and I shoot um, or I have shot I've had I've tipped or I've rolled, um, I used to what was that all purpose all purpose prime when I was shoot from uh, Sherwin Williams it was really good, and that worked out well. But uh, and and why is it why is it important to prime sedge? Like what's what's critical about um, it? It gives it a semi for me. It gave it a semi seal. But think of prime as the glue for um, paint to stick to. Yeah, it's a bonding. It's agent. a bonding agent, and uh, that, well, that's not true. Uh, I, the paint I use says it's a paint and primer already. Oh God, so I have to use primer. Oh no. <laughs> I'll tell you what, my experience has been that is total BS. Always prime. Always. Period. Yeah. You prime, when you guys paint a wall in your house, do you prime it first? I have and I haven't. And let me tell you, the yeah. ones that I have depends on were much better results than the ones that I have not. Exactly. Depends on what, what I'm painting over, if I know what kind of paint it is. Good mm. point. Uh no, that that's a really good point because if it's bare drywall. Oof. I don't care what the paint says it is. I'm prime. I, I need Oof, to prime it always. Mm -hmm. If it's painting over other paint, I've had really good results not priming it. Yeah, but it would be better if I primed it. But then you're just adding more coats of paint. But yeah, over bare drywall, which I know that we're not talking about drywall. But yeah, it like Sedge said, primer is utterly important, and I have I have come to realize that it's another step. But holy cow, do you get a better result? Mm. Sedge, 
have you ever um, have you ever used MDF as yeah. your your carcass? Um, carcass, no. Wow, um, no. How come? I hate it. I really would have thought you would have said yes. Uh, no, I've used I've, I've used plywood. I've used ply, uh, I call it plywood, but I've used MDF core uh, ply with uh, veneered. I had custom veneered cherry from uh, Whittlesea yep. Wood Products <clears throat> because I wanted a certain curly cherry on there. Yeah, but yeah, but you, and the countertop. The countertop was a desk. But you didn't a, paint over that. No, though. it was a desktop. No, I no, I didn't use. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't. I hated. It. I don't like MDF. I mean, when I came to work at Festool, we would buy okay. MDF and do something first. We wouldn't build carcasses, but we would do certain uh, routing uh, things with the MFS, and that we would use MDF. I hated using it because of the dust, and uh, that is and, um, and that is a material that sucks up paint. You have to prime that, and and mm. and. I stopped using MDF in classes, router classes, uh, probably about eight years ago. But right before I stopped using it, uh, I found LDF, light MDF. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. stuff is, whoo, is all right in my book because of the weight issue. Yeah, that's what sucks the most about MDF. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, I like MDF because it's yeah. dead flat so that's why i chose it for desktops and i'd have custom yeah. layups for it but once again i do a drop edge on there and then you know like i'll, I'll do if i have that cherry top i do a drop edge and uh to protect it uh yeah but i i always like to build them up uh usually about about 50 millimeter out and drop them down about metric 75 millimeter three inch 50 out so it gives a really nice look i did that to a huge mm -hmm. maple uh uh dining rooms dining room table once they dug that that was an unbelievable drop edge uh i think i have pictures of that somewhere i'm trying to remember yeah i probably do god I think it's on your tinder profile isn't it <laughs> I got a good story about that, but I ain't gonna share that one. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. uh, I did a presentation. All kinds of pictures of your wood. No, I did a presentation once uh, for a bunch of people about social media at work, and I put all these logos up, and I was splashing them, and I was splashing like four or five that are really big over in Asia, and everybody's going, "Oh, what's that one? What's that one?" And then I threw the ten the Tinder logo up, and I as I skipped over, right, all of a sudden, said, someone said, hey, "Hey, hey, what's that last logo?" I go, "Oh, you noticed that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you try to keep people's, and you're in a meeting, you try to keep people's attention somehow. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. So your your plywood supplier is that is that a local? Supplier that you get it from? It's about uh, two hours away, but they deliver all over. They deliver. And they're unbelievable. They're known for their That's quarter awesome. sawn white oak. They're, you know, it, for me, it's not always about price. Uh, I really dig good customer service. And mm. if I've had problems before, 
they go, yep, 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 we'll be there tomorrow. And they're, I think they're two hours away, three hours away f- from well, they're, me. They're delivering the, the indie area like Oh, every all day. the time. So and you order enough, they, they don't charge you. They're just such nice people to deal with. And are, are they are they regional or national? Um, regional. Regional. But, regional. But I think, yeah, regional. Yeah. But boy, I know a lot of people all over the country that buy their quarter saw in white oak. They're unreal. Um, can I say one? So, can so I say, someone? Can I say one more thing about hardwood? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not yeah. grades. I guys, this is a whole nother podcast when we start talking hardwoods and selecting the right wood and what's your favorite wood. But God, you keep saying wood. It's really getting me excited. <laughs> I, oh. Well, Eric, Eric, Eric does want to know about hardwoods, but we can talk about dimensional lumber for right now. Okay, or, so you know, this dimensional goods. This is what. I have learned over the years uh, when you're ordering hardwood, ask your supplier about the, if they have milling um, uh, processes in their lumber yard. In other words, think about if you get rough sawn cherry, rough sawn walnut, a uh, rough sawn board, right? How much work goes into it to take it down? Say, say you order four quarter right which is an inch and you need three quarter out of that you are running multiple passes through that planer let alone straight line ripping it somehow i use the festival track saw system there is so much labor involved okay so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go back to who i purchased from and they uh at one time i was like i was ordering from Lori, and she said or I mentioned about, do you, I, I said something, do you guys have a, a planing? Uh, a, she goes, oh, no, we can mail for you. And I went, and I was I was blown away by this. She said, I go, uh, okay, so say I buy uh, four quarter and I want you to take it down to just above three quarter so I only have to throw a few passes through, right? And she goes, yeah. She goes, uh, I go, how much is that to bring it down four quarter to three quarter? Because that's what you order, right? And she said, yeah. she said, 10 cents a foot. Oh, my no, God. No, no, listen to this one. I said, linear? She goes, no, board, foot. I was blown away, and I go, hey, do you have a straight line uh, ripper? She goes, yeah. I go, how much is that? She goes, 10 cents a board, foot. You know how much labor that saves you? It's incredible. And... uh yeah, the other thing too is have a good bandsaw because sometimes you'll have a board where you can have, you know, maybe it's five quarter and you want to take a three quarter out of it. Bandsaw the majority of it out of there before you throw it through your planer. Okay, and guess what? Mm-hmm. You'll find, th- and that's not waste either because you're left with that, that board that you can take down to quarter inch and use that for a veneer. Okay, so yeah. there's a lot of, that lot of I process. Agree with. People, people really. Over, I'm going to tell you, if you can find a, a a lumber yard with a mill to help you out, that's awesome. And, and Frank Miller is the is the Sawyer. They're the um, they're the mill. They're the kiln. They do everything, and they they get the process down. They it's in Union City, either Indiana or Ohio, because it's it's right on the line of Ohio and Indiana. So, and, and I just, that's who I use, and I have for about, 
It took me, I've been here 14 years in Indiana, a little over 14 years. It took me about a year to find him. But uh, I met him at a woodworking show. And I've been you. No, that, that's a really good idea. And I, I definitely appreciate you saying that because that's something that I'm going to, because there's, there's mills all around me. Um, and I never even considered thinking about whether they could dimension it for me or not. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't realize in Indiana how many killer lumber yards we have and Ohio. Oh my God. And the, the walnut and I mean, we're just a skip away from Pennsylvania and I get, they got killer, uh, Pennsylvania cherry. It's unreal. Mm -hmm. I would say the biggest walnut suppliers, uh, for the United States and internationally is actually in Ohio. Yeah. That's Hartsell, right? Yeah. Can I, Ben, can I, can I go? Cause I want to play devil's advocate to that before I answer the, the cabinet question. No, absolutely. So, um, I really like what Sedge said about the, um, using a bandsaw first to take the majority of it off. Cause then you could use that thin piece as stock for a veneer, as opposed to just planing it off and turning it into chips. 100%. Yes. Like that is solid, right? Like that's, you're not wasting the wood. You're using it for something else. Um, where I want to play devil's advocate, though, is, you know, some people really enjoy the milling process. Uh, I'm not really one of those people uh, if I have to do a lot of it, but some people do. The other thing that I want it's to bring up. It's just a means up, to an end. What's up? It's just a means to an end for you. Right. Well, the other thing that I want to bring up, though, is uh, to be fair, you know, you are paying a premium for the stuff that is surfaced versus unsurfaced. If it's a small amount, uh, those those prices that Sedge talked about are really, really, really good. You know, if, if you're just buying like three, four boards and you're like, hey, can you surface these for me? And you're paying, you know, 10 cents per board foot. That's a really, really good deal. If you're buying a ton of lumber and you're not planning on using it right away, I don't know necessarily if, you know, how much it would really save you in the end. I, I think that's kind it, of a, that's kind of a, well, hold on one sec. That's kind of a, so the, the lumber yards that I got my lumber at in Georgia, you could buy rough sawn lumber and it was much less expensive, like much less expensive. But the majority of the stuff they had on the, on the display floor for everybody to buy was already surfaced. Well, guess what? It was a lot more expensive. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I just want people to understand that in most places, most places that you're going to go to, yes, they're going to have roughs they might have roughs on lumber out and they might have already pre-dimensioned and the reason why the prices are so high is because they're they're basically they're charging you for their labor exactly the funny thing is though is that they have gigantic machines matter of fact hartzell hardwoods which is what i was just joking about uh they they primarily have sold roughs on lumber you know primarily walnut and white oak they just got this massive machine that services all their lumber and that's going to increase quality and it's going to do all these great things. Right. Um, but could there be a spike in price a little bit? Yeah, maybe. Right. But they don't, they also don't sell directly to the public like Frank Miller does. Um, so I know both of you raise your hand, Ben, Ben, you go first cause you raise it first and then, and then Sedge. I, I think that it, that what you said was a really good caveat because, um, about depending on the quantity that you're getting, because, what if you get that that lumber dimensioned and granted you know most good lumber mills are going to kiln their their lumber so it shouldn't move but ah you, you know if you 
if you bring it in and it's already it's already been dimensioned and just like you're saying jason you're you're going to store some of it for a while you know that that lumber is still going to move a little bit based mm. upon the humidity conditions and the and the season that you buy it in if you bought it in the summer and you ended up trying to use it you know in the winter there, there's going to be a little bit of movement to that. Mm-hmm. There is, but um, more importantly, though, and I was going to say this, but Sedge brought up the thing like, hey, don't take it all the way down to three quarters so I can make uh, a couple of passes myself. But That's not S4S that I don't, I'm getting. It's not S4S no, that I'm No, it's getting. not S4S, but here's, here's the deal, though. I don't care how flat you get it. When you go to cut it and it releases tension, which is very common, makes no difference, right? You're going to have to now for the faces. If it, depending on the way you mill, let's say you let's say you plane one side. I know I know we're getting way off into the weeds, but this is good information. If you plane or if you excuse me, if you joint one side, you make two passes. It's flat. Then you make the mistake of running it through your planer thirteen passes and take off a quarter inch on one side and a sixteenth of an inch on the other. You better believe that that is going to uh, have an effect nine times out of ten. Right. Yeah, because you're releasing some of that tension, and, and you're taking uneven amounts off both sides. So if you can mm-hmm. try to, you know, once you plane it, once you run it through the planer, and it gives that first, you know, everything's nice and flat. Flip it over, alternate, flip it right. But Sedge brought up a really good point because he said, like, "Hey, I want you to take this down not quite to three quarters of an inch because I might need to make a few passes." So just understand that if you're buying, if you go to a lumber yard and it's already pre-surfaced, um let's say it's just surfaced on, on three sides or two sides even. Let's just say it's surfaced on two sides and you're buying four quarter, it's probably closer to three quarter, if not three quarter. So now if you have to mill that, what do you think is going to happen? It's not going to be three quarter anymore. So by being able to find a lumber yard that gives those options, I, I think mm. is really good. And Sedge brought up a really good point. Like I don't want to take it all the way down because I'm going to have to do it. But as soon as, as soon as you go and cut that, and if it releases any tension, you're going to have to redo it again anyway. But Sedge, you were raising your hand. So Okay, so I'm going to clarify myself. I buy rough lumber, and I have them take it down to a – not right – I still got a lot of planing, and I only straight line rip. This is not S4S. So I'm still getting the rough lumber price, okay? But think about this, everybody, okay? What's your time worth, okay? Mm -hmm. Think, Think about this. 300 board foot is not a small amount. Would you agree? Yep. Okay. That's that's, that's $30 for them to take a lot of labor off. Yeah, but I think that that situation is probably pretty uncommon. You know what I mean by that situation? No, you're right. Like I said, I I totally agree with you. Like that's that's a a really good situation to be in. It's a great situation, but once again, they have the mill to do it. And I've yeah. never, I, it, yeah, I would, I don't buy S4S because it's ridiculously priced everywhere. And it, well, the it's thing crazy. is, but the thing is, is people don't understand. There's a, there's a ton of labor in that to get it right. And then when you get this S4S stuff, is it really straight line ripped? No, you get some crooking and some whooping you get a cut out. So I, I stay away from that. Cool. Um, well, let me, let me quickly give my talk. Cause you said about cabinets. So for me, you know, if the interior of the cabinet is going to be visible and it's not going to be painted, I'm like Sedge, 
I like pre-finished ply, whether it's single-sided or double-sided, whatever's available. To me, double-sided, both sides typically, you know, look about the same, but if if you get a good grade, but, you know, B2 and A2 or A1 and all this other stuff, like one side could be not as good as the other, but I want the interior to be pre-finished because I don't want to deal with it. And then if I'm making frameless cabinets, I don't have to worry about anything other than the edge banding. Um, if I'm painting it, I'm a little conflicted on this because I use a lot of birch ply and I've had really good results. I've used maple ply. I've used uh, poplar ply. But when it comes to plywood, I think the most important thing is actually the quality of the veneer more so than the material it's made out of. Now, with that being said, that doesn't mean that I would go out and buy, uh, what is it, the, the pine, radiata pine to build cabinets and paint them because that's stupid, right? Um, about the construction grade stuff? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, birch ply, I've painted birch ply, you know, primed it and painted it, and it turned out fantastic. I've painted uh, poplar, turned out fantastic. I've painted uh, maple ply, turned out fantastic. Um, but if you have a really crappy quality veneer that's super thin and, and is cracked and stuff like that, well, guess what? That's going to bleed into the paint. And when I say bleed into the paint, I mean it's going to crack and you're going to see that in the paint. So a good mm. quality plywood is is really important, not just the material it's made out of, right? Yeah. You could get a, a really crappy poplar plywood and you're like, oh, poplar is really good for painting. So be aware of that. That would be my, my answer. In terms of hardwood, um, for me, when it comes to cabinets, it's all about like it, whatever, I'm, whatever the finish is going to be dictates what I use. If I'm building, if I want white oak, natural white oak doors, then I'm going to use white oak edge banding but i still might use a pre-finished you know maple or a pre-finished whatever on the interior because it's going to be behind the door when you open it up you just want a nice finish and you don't want to have to worry about finishing it yourself um what i, I think that kind of covered that specific portion of it ben in terms of of cabinetry um but it really just depends on the finish if i'm painting it then yes i'm going to use poplar or maple and that includes both hardwoods and the plywood um but i would i would go for birch if it's a good quality birch in some cases if it's getting painted um for the cabinet ca uh, carcass but for the door yes i'm still going to go back and use maple or poplar maple is i'm like sedge maple is my top choice not hard maple soft maple for me personally hard maple is Why just because hard maple is prone to have a ton of stress in it and the minute you cut it it just twists in all different directions. Um, I have not had that experience with soft maple. And soft maple is less expensive. And soft maple is harder than poplar. Um, not by much. But I've also had uh, really good experiences with poplar. Um, so that would be my answer. And, and you know, and one thing that, that is so important to, to understand is that, you know, Jason's talking about... Um, <laughs> the hard maple and, and soft maple and poplar. And, you know, a lot of these, the prices of these materials are regional specific. Um, like I know that sedge favors maple over poplar, right? Sedge? Oh yeah. I've had, I've um, had some issues I, with poplar about fuzzing up. I call it hairy poplar. And, <laughs> and see, and, 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 hold on, and, hold on. And I'm hold on, Ben. Sedge, just to clarify, because we both talked about maple, do you prefer hard or soft? Depends on what I'm building. 
Well, are you saying like a face frame, which I very rarely did? If I'm doing a tabletop, it's styles happening. and rails. Styles and rails. Rails and styles. Yeah, it don't matter. But I, for what I, I like had maple for tabletops and drop edges. So you like it hard. You behave, yeah. Ben Marshall. <laughs> he likes it hard. Okay, Ben. I'm sorry. I just want because we both um, talked about it. I, I figured it'd be a good thing to highlight. You know, and and Sedge had had mentioned it earlier about um, quality uh, over price and. Um, while that is, that is very true. Sometimes that's not the, the circumstance we're all in. Um, I know that for me, like when I built Genzor, I went and looked at, um, I think all they had available was hard maple. They didn't have any soft maple. Well, maybe, maybe they did have soft maple. It just wasn't figured the best, but poplar was half the cost mm -hmm. that maple was. Mm -hmm. Um, and the point that I was just trying to hit earlier is that it's the, you know, this is all incredibly regional specific, um, you know, West, West coast, you may have different prices. You may have different quality in, in woods, um, you know, here on the East coast in Virginia, um, walnut is, is as common as grass. Uh, it's, it's everywhere here. So, you know, if, if I wanted to get something in walnut, it, it is so incredibly cheaper than, um, different species of trees that's that's just not natural to this area almost every mill here does walnut so you know whatever the material is that you're you're, you're trying to get it it is it's going to be beneficial for you to um, to contact cabinet shops in your area contact lumber mills in your area and and just ask them what are their prices you know for cabinet shops we were talking about dimensional lumber um, you know, ask them who they get their lumber through and not just like distributors of plywood, but just like actual contracting cabinet shops. Like, Hey, who do you guys order your, your plywood through? Because that's a really good indication of at least a regional company that you can get really good, uh, dimension lumber through. Um, I know that for me, for w when we're talking about cabinets, um, I prefer birch Baltic birch. Um, and I don't know what happened in the last few years. It used to be really easy to get uh, really nice um, 11 ply Baltic birch. And I mean, like when you looked at the side of it, it's just a straight continuous line all the way through, like really high grade, high quality um, Baltic birch. But now like that distributor just disappeared. Like all the, all the suppliers in my area, at least because I've contacted them. I'm like, Hey, I'm looking for a really nice straight gain Baltic birch. And they're like, well, we, we don't know what happened to the distributor. They just disappeared. And so now I just kind of have to resort to really what the big box stores are carrying because that's all that's available in my area. That's funny that you mentioned that because my, uh, said, you know, Northwest lumber. Yes, sir. That's where I get all my plywood and they, <laughs> they've been out of stock on Baltic birch uh, until like 2022. And I, the last time I was there was like four months ago. Yep. And that's what it said then. I, I wonder if it, it's probably the same now. They're totally sold out of all of it. You want to hear a quick story? I moved to Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. They were my lumber supplier. I walked in and I go, you guys got plywood? They go, yeah. I go, do you get, you get, okay, so what do you get for a sheet of pre-finished maple plywood? They go, pre-finished? <laughs> they, they didn't have any, they didn't know what pre-finished plywood was. Isn't that cool? And now they carry it. 
They they are. I was going to say, how many years ago was that? Because that, uh, that's 14, where I buy all my prefinished I know, plywood from. Fourteen and a half years ago. And uh, wow. yeah, I thought it was kind of. I was going to say fourteen ninety three. But the thing is, is yeah, yeah. fourteen ninety two. <laughs> Stop it! Here we go. The ocean blue. But what was what was cool about it is I asked and I asked uh, a couple other uh, people that I knew, and they go, I go, have you ever heard of prefinished maple plywood? I thought I was on a different planet at that point. I just thought it was funny as heck, and uh, I, 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 like I said, I had to find my sources here, and that's the one thing I, I worked really hard at, and I got the best sources there are in Indy. I turned you on to a couple. Um, uh, Cortico, which I always will call them Cortico, but they're the Richelieu dealer in town, and that's where I get all my hardware, oh, yeah. too. They're just wonderful people to work yeah. with and deal with, and you know, you just got to find the right sources. I'll recommend to anybody, find a good cabinet supply house and then they you can work with them they'll sell you board they'll sell you finish they'll send you they'll sell you laminate and then that's where you get all your hinges you know that's where you get you yeah, all your justin, draw slides uh, justin uh from rustic grain said yeah i know you know him yeah um he used to post about Richelieu all the time and i was always wondering like what the heck is this place yeah. and, th- and then i looked it up and found out that there was there was one here yeah, and I remember talking to you about it, but they've been great. I mean, that's where I get all of my hardware. Yeah, um, from and <laughs> I talked about this in one of my videos. It's it's incredible, especially if you have like a, an actual business. Like ooh, the cost difference. I mean, it's it's just it, retarded. It, I pay half, but half but, of the price if I, I went know. to Rockler and bought them. Half. But, but the thing is, is it's all about being educated, and and I think this podcast is great because we come from, we we're all in the same the same plane and i think the information yeah, we can you toss grew up with jesus and ben and i grew up <laughs> with but i think we can we can offer so much great information to people out there that don't know that these places exist you know so that's a whole heck of another uh, podcast is where where do you source your materials where do you source your hinges and pulls and whatever you know and we can go on that's like actually that a really good topic you know where who are but your that, sources that, the only thing is, is that that's very yeah it's very area specific in some cases yeah. um i wanted to throw this in so i, I was looking it up while ben was talking uh, about the uh, baltic birch but um poplar on the Jenka scale is 540 soft maple is 950 um and then hard maple is somewhere like around 1400 or something like that so um soft maple is a is a really good option not quite as hard as hard maple but you just don't get the same issues at least from my experience probably not as as big on like eight quarter material but three quarter material i've had some pretty bad experiences with it but um ben was there a second part of the question that you wanted to dive into um oh have you guys ever um have you all ever tried any national distributors of plywood or MDF or light MDF or anything like that. I just wanted to cover that before we start going into like hardwoods and stuff. Um, of plywood? Or yeah, or or have you? Okay, because I think the biggest thing is you know buying buying any lumber sight unseen. I gotcha. Um, from uh, from so, another state and having it shipped to you. Yeah, because you know for me. Um, again for whatever reason um i couldn't you know said you mentioned it earlier about mentioning uh finished plywood 
I, I had that same experience with all of my local dealers um, because every it seems like just the maybe it's the county that I'm in or the or the tri county area that I'm in. Everyone here, all the lumber mills here, they're all distributors to outside of the state, so oh. they're not really used to anyone local coming and saying, "Hey, can I buy some some lumber from you guys?" Um, there's a huge white oak uh, lumber mill uh, in my county, and I went, and they literally have miles and miles of stacked white oak that's two stories tall, like these massive piles of it. And um, I'm like, hey, can I buy some white oak from you guys? And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they, ship, no. they ship it. They ship it out of the country. Yeah, they, they ship it globally. Yeah, yes, they, ship they, it ship out, globally. they ship it out of the country. So, it's going everywhere, uh, buddy. So, yeah. some, little, yeah. some little pissant like me come and say, hey, can I buy it through your board feet? They're like, like get bent. That was good. Let me, let me hit this. Let me hit this real quick because so Hartzell Hardwoods, that is exactly the scenario that you're yep. talking about. They do not have a retail location yet. They plan on opening it up to local personnel or local personnel. It's my military in me. Um, local people in the area to come in and buy boards and stuff like that on a small scale, which is fantastic. Um, but no, they are like, and, and their, their primary means of, or their primary customers are all international by far. Um, but they provide you know, walnut and white oak and, and cherry and some other uh, stuff to other lumber suppliers that are across the United States. Uh, an example of that would be Peach State Lumber that I used to go to in Georgia, in Kennesaw, Georgia. You know, Hartzell Hardwoods sells their walnut to them and then they sell it. Um, so I've, I guess I've had that experience, um, but I've never gone to a place that doesn't primarily focus on like selling to the consumer um because like i had other local lumber yards suwanee lumber is another one in buford uh in suwanee georgia or buford georgia um probably suwanee since it's called suwanee lumber um and they did sell to a lot of larger companies but they weren't like a huge facility but they had it open for anybody to come in and buy so i guess i've had experience with that plywood i can't speak for that um, I have had dealings with DSI Ply, um, which is a local place here in Indianapolis and probably in many places across the United States. And when I called them to ask them about like minor things, I kind of got the impression that they weren't really, you know, there to provide 10 sheets of plywood to, you know, Jason Bent and come up to Will Call and, you know, buy it sight unseen and they'd have it all ready for me when I got there. But what I've noticed about places like that is that you know, you can expect to get pretty good quality stuff because you're you're buying it sight unseen and, and they have to go off the grades. You know, so if, I, if I'm going and buying a bunch of A1 walnut plywood, you better believe that that stuff is going to be nice. And if it's not, if I inspect it and say, hey, this isn't right, like this piece right here is all screwed up, I want you to replace it, that they would probably replace it. Um, Sedge, I think you do have experience with DSI, correct? Yeah, I've had some. I used to buy my ML Campbell product from them because they're an ML Campbell. They're a regional, uh, ho uh, I, I don't know the right words, wholesaler, but they're like, uh, I think Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, or oh, uh, yeah, they're, they're Midwest, Midwest, and they're a pretty big outfit. Good, yeah. custom, good customer service, and you're right. Um, it's like... When you're ordering plywood and you're not, and it's from a big company, 
yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a time issue because you can start going through the pile of the skid and you may say, hey, oh, wow, wow, I have some delamination in one of this, like, A1 A face. They'll, they'll gladly replace it for you. That's why I like good customer service, and they'll say, hey, I'll be there tomorrow. And it's yeah. all about trust uh, with a company. Hey, uh, like, I had to select some walnut. I drove to Frank Miller because I needed really clear walnut eight quarter for a, um, a desk I was building, a stand-up desk. And I needed 12-foot uh, lengths. And I said, hey, uh, what if I get this in to Indy and I have a lot of light wood in this walnut? I need re- I need it all, you know, solid dock all the way through. And I go, well, you got to come and select it. So I did. And I had no qualm about that. Right. So Yeah, Ben. Hey, do you guys prefer oil or latex to paint your walnut? Which one do you like more? Um, <laughs> latex, personally. I was like, what is yeah. he saying? I mean, walnut is hideously. <laughs> I like I like to oil it in my. Why would you want to look my, at that? In my in my latex chaps. I'm, does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to. I just wanted to point something out because you had mentioned like you can buy stuff sight unseen, but you had talked about you drove up there to get it. So what people need to understand is that not every facility is set up to have a place where you can come pick through things. Correct. Because they are dealing at a much larger scale than we will ever be at. Like I'm calling and wanting 10 sheets of ply or 50 board feet of walnut and they're selling 1.5 million board feet of walnut or 7,000 sheets of plywood to a company. So we are just, you know, peasants, basically. Yeah, I, I, I did a story. Uh, this is probably last year of like some of the local um, mills that are around here. And when, and when I say that, I mean, I mentioned earlier that they have miles of it. I mean, miles of forty-foot stacked eight-quarter white, uh, white oak. And and there's there's probably I think they said it's each stack was about sixty thousand dollars of white oak and it is and this is at the height of like the the lumber you know crisis or whatever and it's just like holy crap that's a lot of wood yep I would, like it's it's amazing to see it yeah. amazing yeah um so you're gonna talk about the hardwoods part now yeah um I think that I'm probably the oddball out here when, especially when it comes to hardwoods. Um, like I, I, do you have a problem getting a hardwood? Hard, definitely not. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a, so I'm so immature. <laughs> I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a hardwood scavenger. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Um, Hey, that coffee table came out really good with all the one that you gave me. Yeah, except for um, the mistakes that I saw. Oh, it's perfect. I'm just kidding. Flawless. Um, actually, I still have a little bit of walnut left over. Anyways, um, I, I'll, I'll go first. Um, when it comes to hardwoods, I think Jason and I probably share this. Like walnut is, it, it is my favorite. Uh, hardwood to use because I just love the natural look of, of walnut. Um, when I built 
Jen's door, I use Poplar just because it's cheaper in my area. It's more readily accessible in my area. Everybody that I go to has it, uh, and it's and again, it's it's usually pretty cheap. Um, for me, and I know that Sedge has different experience. For me, Poplar is so easy to work with. Uh, it's a really tight grain, paints really well, finishes really well. Um, but for me, if if I can make a project without painting it that's the kind of project that I want to make. Like I love the natural look of wood. If somebody asks me to paint something, I just kind of roll my eyes. Um, just because I, you know, depending on the species of the wood or the material that you're using, I don't think that wood should be painted. I think that you should allow that natural grain to kind of come through. Um, right now in my shop, I have a lot of white and red oak. Um, and that's mainly just so that I can make stuff around my house make small furniture pieces make small shelves um, but I, I like to go to the lumber mills and I'll, I'll grab a section of it in a minute but uh, a lot of the milling shops that are in my town they have uh, white oak spacers that they use for their kiln dried lumber and um, that's the the lumber that I like to build things out of because I can get it for free I'll, I'll pull it up here in a second. But um, and some of that is, is also just because I want to save. I would much rather have money for tools than to buy materials at this point. I, I think that I'm. I mean, I don't think we're ever close to being done with getting you know tools and stuff for our shop. But right now, that's my priority is just getting tools. So this is one of the spacers, and I know that for the podcast listeners, it doesn't really do anything for you. But I like the way you're holding that wood. If you're, mm. That's a very long piece of wood. Reminds me of a, a very handsome lumberjack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice beard. <laughs> but um, but this is one of the spacers that the that the mill shops use. Wow. And like I go to them, like, hey man, can I can I grab these spacers? Because they're like, oh, that's just trash wood. I'm like, no, it's not. That's like a shelf, or that's like part of the tabletop. And so I I, I try to repurpose wood more than I buy new wood. Unless it's again depending on the project, like Jen's door, that was all, that was all, um, you know, purpose lumber that I got specifically for that door. But for stuff around the house, for shop furniture, I mean, I, I just prefer to, to use recycled materials just because um, I don't know, it's more healthy conscious or environmentally conscious. So I you're guess. a fan of pallets? Cool. No. Oh, there's pallets behind me. I haven't done anything with them yet, though. Yeah, look at that. You, you must um, uh, love Paul Jackman's uh, channel. No. I mean, like, like I'm a, I'm a single parent, and I know, I, I'd much rather spend money on tools than the materials. Did you um, ever but, Did you ever build a, a bespoke uh, pallet before? Yeah. <laughs> Have you that's ever? That's the greatest. That's a great that, What did he do? That guys, what, what he, is, he, he offended everybody in that video and that was that's probably one of my favorite videos by jason hibbs what, by bourbon moth what was it that he did he he made a pallet out of what uh jeff mack sent him a beautiful river table and he cut yes, it he epoxy cut, river table. Epoxy, and he got he cut it up and made a piece of <laughs> just... It was it was all a plan. Have you not seen the video, Ben? No, oh my god! If I've you heard, want, I've oh only 
He, go to he, his channel. I've only heard rumblings he of it. Rags, go to his rumblings of it. He rags on everybody. It's awesome. Go to his channel That's tonight awesome. and sort his videos from oldest to newest because it was one of his earlier videos once he actually got back into YouTube. It's <laughs> it is. Should I so, do I need to do it with my clothes on or off? You can have your clothes off. Um, okay. Uh, so I want to I want to talk about the hardwood part real quick which most people is probably not a surprise. But one thing I wanted to mention going back to the plywood discussion about buying things. So Sedge had mentioned Columbia Forest Products. Well, Columbia Forest Products is the main retailer for plywood at Home Depot. That doesn't mean that when you go into Home Depot mm. and you see all that trash plywood, that it's bad quality, right? It's just that they're getting a lower quality plywood for sale in the stores. What I want to mention to everybody, and, and, and I actually, I knew a little bit of this, but Paul Gale who is one of my patrons. I, I knew him down in Georgia. We, we were having our, our Patreon, monthly Patreon call one night, and he was explaining to me that he actually contacted Columbia Forest Products, and they sent him like all these samples of all of these different plywoods they got. And just like tools, what most people don't understand, like you can buy Jet and Powermatic and everything through Home Depot. Um, they just don't have it in the store. Well, the same thing applies with plywood. You can actually order like super top quality Columbia Forest Ply and have it delivered to the store and go pick it up. And the prices are really, really competitive. So that's just something I wanted to throw out there. Don't think that just because you go to the store and they don't have it, that you can't get it. You, they are a distributor for that product, therefore they can get it. How fast they can get it, I don't know, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, totally forgot about that that's a really good point yeah really well i mean the same that. thing applies to another thing i wanted to mention about what you said ben everything is very location specific to further mm -hmm. caveat that home depot conversation um and this is not a plug for home depot in any way but home depot like in california and maybe a home depot in idaho and all that stuff you know like for me i can go to home depot right now and i can buy poplar and i can buy red oak i can buy maybe Alder I've seen it a couple of them, but that's about it. Now, the prices are astronomically high and ridiculous, but in a pinch, if I need Poplar and I don't want to drive 40 minutes to get it, I'm going to go to Home Depot and I'm going to buy it. With that being said, there are Home Depots out there that whatever the common wood is in an area, like let's say Walnut is the super common lumber, they might have Walnut or White Oak or Cherry or whatever mm -hmm. in the Home Depot. Now, Again, it's going to be ridiculously overpriced, um, but in a pinch, if you needed it, it was there. So I just wanted to bring that up. Um, when it comes to hardwood, uh, I, I'm, I'm a very simple person. I really like white oak, and I really like walnut. Um, I love walnut. I do have some cherry in the shop, and I do have some ash in the shop, which ash I would actually classify very, very close, in between white oak and red oak. Um, but for me, if I have my choice, I'm using walnut or I'm using white oak. And I, I got to be honest with you. I am. I got you, Ben. I am really, really becoming a big fan, a much bigger fan of white oak. And I think it's just because that's the style uh, that we like, especially yeah. the riffs on white oak. And, and all of the white oak that I have in my shop is all the the riffs on stuff uh, from Hartzell Hardwoods. It's beautiful super stable it's just absolutely gorgeous i love the straight lines um and the latest batch of walnut that i got from them is all their veneer grade which is like 
top quality, like the the highest quality. Said you saw the table I built, right? Woo! You delivered it with me. Woo! On that entire table, nada. Entire table, nada. There was, there was it, one knot, yeah, and it was on the, the bottom, bottom side of the table. Yep, it was gorgeous. It was the clearest walnut I've ever seen. The veneer. Do you have any plans for that? Uh, I would if if somebody that I knew would make them for me. But again, we've talked about this. Clearly, he doesn't like money. I mean, I just have money like, you know, falling out of my drawers at home that I'm just trying to give away. You put and money. Somebody in your, won't make me plans. You put money in your drawers. I, I do put a lot. Is that of a custom oh, well, built drawer? Technically, my night job people put money into my drawers. Ooh. Um, and then it falls out once I take my drawers off, and then everybody leaves. It's really weird. I don't know. Um. But yeah, that veneer grade walnut, it's, it's the best walnut I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, it's zero knots, zero defects. I've used a lot of like common number one, common number two, lots of knots. It's like the rustic grade is what people talk about. And there's a place for that. I love to build shop cabinets out of it. I love to do all that kind of stuff. But Ben, go ahead. Can you, can you talk about that, about common number one, common number two? Yes. So common number one. So, okay. So the way that the grading scale works, and I'm not a professional in this, but I learned a ton when I was at Hartzell. So I'll talk about Hartzell systems specifically because I'm most common with that. You have what's called common two, co common one, and common two. Common two is going to be the cheapest walnut that you're going to find. And the reason that is, is because it is, it has a lot of defects. It has a lot of knots. There's, it's all based on percentages of defects in the wood, right? So Common number two is going to be a lot less expensive than common number one. Well, from common number one, you go into, you know, FAS, right? Which is, so you've got common two, common one, and I might be missing one here, but then you have like your FAS, which is like the good quality stuff, which is a certain percentage is defect free, but there's still knots in it. Well, Hartzell actually has an additional grade, which is um, FAS white oak. White Oak FAS, I, I think that's what it's called. And basically what that means is this: the rules for White Oak for FAS are more stringent than the rules are for Walnut. So every single rating that you see on wood is based on the wood species itself. So a White Oak for FAS or better is a better quality FAS walnut, if that makes sense. Right? Does that make sense? Ben? I have no idea. You have no idea. So uh, Hartzell carries that, and a lot of other suppliers carry that. So, it, And it's all tiered, you know, based on price. Well, above the walnut grade FAS, or the, the white oak grade FAS walnut, because it's just more stringent rules, which means there's going to be less defects, then they have what's called veneer grade. And veneer grade is like 90 plus percent clear. I mean, it's uncanny. I could pull boards off my shelf right now and there might be one or two imperfections on like five boards. It's nuts. But that is like the top quality, you know, lumber period in, in my, at least that I've ever used. I mean, I've I've bought FAS and had to deal with a bunch of knots and imperfections and stuff like that. It looks really nice, but there's a bunch of imperfections. This mm -hmm. one, that table was super easy. I just laid all my boards out and I was like, that one, that one, that one, that one, and that one. And that one has a knot, that's gonna be on the bottom side. Boom, done. But some people like knots. And, and, and another thing is, um, 
when you're talking about common one and common two, some companies will call it rustic. And essentially, hmm. rustic is the same thing as like common two. Crappy. From my understanding. Rustic. It's another way of saying crappy. Um, yeah, but when you're talking about rustic walnut or rustic white oak, it's not the same as building a table out of construction grade lumber and calling it rustic. Yeah, but that's what that means, though. It's, it's not. With pockets. With with pocket holes. Yeah. But you know what? Hey, I, I don't hate on anybody that does that because that's how I started. Oh man, I've got, <laughs> and if Sedge asked me to really build good... a table, that's exactly how I would do it. <laughs> I've got a really good post to show you guys later. Sedge, Hang go on, ahead. Sedge, before we get to that. Oh, sorry. I raised my hand a long time ago. Oh, I thought you, yeah, I know, but you, you talked. Yeah. But you asked Jason a question. You did. You asked me a question. And I answered. But that's it. not why I raised my hand. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. I like this is just uh it's anecdotal evidence that most people consider red oak to be the trashier wood than white oak. Why is that? Cuz it has an ugly red tint to it. But what if you want the red tint? Then you use red oak. I don't know. That's just that, that that's always been something that I was wondering. It's like why people just hate red oak. Like, and I mean vehemently hate red well, oak. That's, like, oh, white. Red oak's trashy. And that's like, a trend thing. Don't talk about red oak like that. No, I mean, it is. It's just like, like somebody mm-hmm. saw it on a, on a channel. But, I mean, it is. It's just, it's, it's white oak, but it's a much more pinkish or, you know, reddish tint. And it just, it doesn't it's look as salmon, good as salmon, Jason. Oak. Salmon. It's salmon. It's aggressive salmon. It's not pink. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Sedge. <clears throat> Cherry. Yeah, Sedge is all about the cherry. Hey, that's, that's all I have to say. Yeah. Okay, Cherry's Sedge, beautiful. do you mind that cherry, the color changes over time? Oh, that's the time. beauty. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, the beauty of it. Because, oh, I, I love, that's why I love cherry. It changes. It, it just, that patina of something you built 20 years ago, and it just, just gets that beautiful, deep, ruddy look, that, that beautiful red. Oh, to me, it's like, I, uh, you guys have been downstairs at, uh, like in my cabin. Emotional. Oh no, guys, I, I, that's, that's. <laughs> I Easy love there, Sedge. Don't stand up. I love. I, I, oh no, 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 no! Stop it, Jason. He stop it. I Jason. Oh, he likes soft maple. Oh my god. He likes soft maple, not oh hard maple. Oh my god. So we're we're yeah. good. No, it's. I feel, I feel like we need to be playing some sort of sexual music right now. <laughs> oh, I could put that in the post. Yeah, this will be a really good post. He's just no, really, Jason, really Jason, Jason no, go on. no, it's just. Jason, let's do do a provocative stance. There is a there's a place there's a place in Lewiston, Maine. I used to ride my bicycle by when I was eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Me and my brother Mac. It just it's such a fond memory of mine, and it was it was called um, some something something cherry bicycles back then. Yeah, yeah. Stop. It's something something cherry cabinet uh, kitchen cabinetry, and just the. You know, you would peek into that shop and you would just like, wow, that is, smells so cool. And that, those cabinets look so beautiful. And I, and it's just, 
I don't know. Uh, have you guys ever, you know who Thomas Mosher is? Thomas Mosher cabinet maker. He's one of our, uh, he's a great designer. He was a professor at Bates College and he, he builds some beautiful chairs. He's known for Did his. Did you say Tommy Mullaney? No, Thomas Mosher cabinet maker. Oh, okay. And I'm sorry. his furniture is world renowned. It's out of Auburn, Maine. And, uh, you know, you're talking about lumber yards. And I asked the question when I went on a tour there. He's known for his bent Windsors. And he, uh, uh, or bent Windsor arms or whatever. It's just a heck of a process. It's all all natural oiled, and a lot of a lo almost all cherry, a lot of maple, a lot of walnut. And uh, I asked him at any one time, how much board feet do you have of cherry on your yard here? And he goes, the uh, his son said seventy thousand board feet at any one time. You guys ought to go what? look. Yeah, what are you guys laughing at? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> we have been. <laughs> we try to hold it in. It's nothing that you it's said. Nothing that nothing you, that said. you said. <laughs> what? It, it's we'll it's talk. something that Jason. Something that Jason thought you said. I, I guess I wasn't yeah. looking in the camera. I guess I was just looking up because I'm trying to remember some really cool stuff that I grew up around in Maine. Our and it's uh i was really blessed but i was really blessed because i i mean that that's my hometown and this guy is wicked famous he's one oh, he's written many books on shaker design he brought shaker back shaker furniture back from the, to modern times and um you guys never heard of thomas mosher eh nope no interesting cool What's what's the name of the book? Uh, Thomas Mosher, cabinet maker, and uh, he's done a, he has written uh, a couple of Shaker design, uh, Shaker design books. Thomas Mosher, you got to go look him up online. He's uh, yeah, he's he's the he's good. Yep, cool. So I thought I'd mention that just because Cherry's so, my favorite wood to work with. So, Ain't that the so I, I have a my computer. Um, computer desk in my room I made out of cherry and it when I first milled it it was a really I don't want to say a bright pink but it was it had a lot of pinkish tones and now that was three years ago and now it's it's probably like an orange hue mm -hmm. it's got a little bit of pink left in it mm -hmm. but it's it's an orange now what's what's that trajectory gonna look like over the next couple oh, of years? it's gonna get so yeah. red so deep it's gonna be beautiful <laughs> I, you know, I'm thinking now what you guys were thinking because that went over my head. You're gonna do some of these things that are these beautiful. posts that I'm gonna be going licking my yeah. lips and stuff like that. You guys ain't right. <laughs> Whatever. That was well, an awesome I mean, one. Sedge, we're not the one that's saying this stuff. It's you. You were talking yeah. about oiled You're wood the one that and did all it. kinds of other things. Like we don't need to know what you did. Don't, don't you? Don't you guys get jazzed? When you're in your shop, and you've gone through a lot of design, you've gone through a lot of milling, you've gone through, you know, a lot of joinery, you've gone through a lot of ornamentation on that, and you go to finish it, and then that wood just pops when you put that finish on. <laughs> okay, stop. You guys, are like... everything you just said sounds like a lot of work. It I, I is like a lot of work, but finish. But, the beauty of it, of that wood just like popping.
And especially if you use a really good figured wood like cherry, it just pops. It's it's amazing feeling. Just oh my god, I'm like gonna have all these things on you know, on Instagram next wow. week. You you Man, know do do we have our podcast rated that as recent X rated? No, it's something oh, it's romantic about woodworking. It's just you know, so much daggone oh, fun. Oh, oh Sedge. Said something you said earlier, you know, when I finished, when I finished that door for Jen, um, she was so excited that, that, I mean, she saw some wood pop that night. I'll just say that. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm not going hey, there. Oh boy. <laughs> Holy moly. I mean, said you're talking about wood popping and stuff. I mean, no. Come on! If you want some wood to pop, do a, do a project for your lady. I'm just like, saying. I just didn't mean it like that. Oh. <laughs> then what did you mean, Sedge? Yeah. What did you mean? No, I I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm like, wow. No, it, it it is something, especially. Sedge, it wouldn't be a podcast if you weren't that. ragging on you. <laughs> I know. The, the best feedback that I've received so far. <laughs> Everyone always writes me a message, and they're like really loving the podcast it's so funny you guys give Sedge such a hard time and I'm like, I know, that's just the way we are and he says funny things well no it's just i i guess i, like, I guess i, like I, how, I guess um, i've been passionate about woodworking for a long time and i still am yeah oh we know that we with your happy socks <laughs> oh, oh we're, my we're, god we're on wood. we get it oh my god <laughs> <laughs> ben is there is there any <laughs> Is there any other things that we need to hit on this? I mean, I think we covered what he asked pretty well, don't you? Yeah, I, I think that um, one thing is, is certainly clear is that this podcast should never be in charge of any railway operations because we get derailed so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's that, um, People love it. I listen to every single episode, no. and I'm telling you, uh, like, I, I, just, I think it's good information. I mean, I take stuff out of every episode. From again, from said no, not 100%. from you, because like, what do you know? Exactly. You have a shaper. I got a, I got a glowforge. Oh, I got a glowforge and a shaper. Look at me, I'm a maker. <laughs> okay, that sounds like a get bent. And you drink, and you drink white claw. <laughs> a get, a get oh, bent. Oh, lead I'm, in. I'm, I, I'm feeling saucy right now. I'll tell you that. I'm about five claws in. Wow. Hey yo. So I actually figured out a way to filter. <laughs> I actually figured out a way to filter what? my comments to only unanswered ones, so it's easier for, for me to find them. Yes, go ahead, Ben. Sedge, I have a, a serious bone to pick right now. I want to know, as talking to you as a festival employee, there there has been something so atrocious that has happened. That I want some answers now. I want I want to talk to corporate. That's how pissed off I am. I want to know because I just bought the uh, whatever the little sustainer pack was. Right, it came with these little drawer inserts for the Gen Three sustainers. I want to know why the minis don't have their own drawer systems. Answer, answer me now. Why don't I have little drawer systems for my minis? Is this crazy? 
<laughs> I'm like, I'm like looking at my microphone. It's like, it's so is, is Sedge freezing up? <laughs> I want some, I want some drawer systems for my minis. Make them. You're the only oh. one I've ever heard that from. I want official fest. So we make, we well, have to go you into production. Gonna... Because everybody else knows that those smaller ones are just kind of, you know, for fun. We're about to start. We're about to start a revolution. I'm just saying. Why don't you design something? Now I need a 3D printer. See? So oh, do should... you? You have a shaper, Ben. You, and you talk about how the shaper does everything. Why don't you just do something on a shaper? I never said that. Oh, I mean, yes, I you have. I watch everything. your stories. I never said it does everything. So you got the Gen yeah. 3 Sustainer Static listen to yet? episode 8. I did. That's what I bought cool. before we went to your house. Cool. On Saturday. Cool. That's, that's, what all, that's what my laptop is sitting on right now. Nice. Is all of them. All four of them. Very nice. Yeah. And they came with little drawers. They came with a little drawer in search, which I think was a very smart move. Ah. A, a less expensive move. Cool. Man, I don't... For the Gen 3s. Yeah. I think I, I think, guys, I only think, I think I only have one comment tonight, which is probably good. Oh, I've been going for quite a while. I've, I've got one. Oh, perfect. All right. Let me do mine real quick. It's a good one. For everybody's favorite segment, I've actually had a lot of people say that they liked everyone, ha the, the world hates Jason or everyone hates Jason, whatever it was, better, but we're sticking with Get Bet. Okay. Change approved. Um, I only have one. And this one is from my video on the drill NATO. <laughs> it's like three years ago. Yeah. But two Drilled. days ago. Two days ago, somebody watched it. This was their comment. Oh, hold on. Get ready, everybody, for get bent. <laughs> get bent. Get bent. All right. Here it is. <laughs> Man. You talk too damn much. Plain and simple is best. That's it. What? What's? What's their name? I have one identical to that. It starts with a number. Oh, mine doesn't. Mine says the same thing though. This is on my uh, six safe options to haul wood when all you own is a car. Good video. Hey, let me get in. Let me get in a character. Mm. You talk way too much. <laughs> Next time, don't waste time. Just get into talking and showing how to accomplish the task. <laughs> I like it. I like it how you turn your head to get into character, and then. <laughs> hey, can I say something? You guys entertain me. I really me. like. Yeah. So since we have changed the name. To get bent, that can have a, a ton of meanings. It's not just uh, the world hates Jason. So with that being said, Sedge, you have a YouTube channel too. So I think yeah, buddy. from this point forward, we need to come into the episodes. We each need to come up with one. It's titled "Get Bent." But we all, if we have, if we all have Oops. one, let's all share it. I mean, I usually have more than enough, but let's let's do it. And Sedge, I would love to hear you talk about it in the angry voice. That would just be <laughs> good. <and a> fool. <laughs> I stayed away from my mic on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm sorry, everybody listening. 
uh, actually this week was now that we're going on a weekly basis, this week was actually really good because all the feedback that I got on the cabinet video has been really well. So I don't have a lot of so far hateful comments so far. I'm actually thinking about changing the thumbnail because I again. Yes. Did you get my, my um, click through rate is dropping uh, every day. Why did you change it? And that, not that I care, like not that I'm like offended or anything, but why did you change it from what we, you and I had decided? I didn't. To, to all I changed was the title on the thumbnail. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Uh, I was like, why? I got a few comments that were taught, like, I, I don't know. I was looking at like cabinets, for, you know, the beginner's guide for dummies or whatever. Um, I got a few comments and I was like, you know what? I wonder if I just put like beginner's guide to cabinets, if this would be more enticing. And I'll tell you what, like there is a definite change. Like I could show, I mean, you can look at it, Ben. You can yeah, see yeah. where it, it was going like this. It started to dip down and I changed it and it, it started to go up. But now my CTR is, is actually dropping. And, but anyways, the whole reason for, for talking about this is today I posted a picture, which you saw. And it was me like laying yeah. on the table, like going like this. Yeah. Man, very seductive, provocative are great. And a bunch of people were like, you should have made this the thumbnail. I'm actually thinking about changing it now just to see if it does anything. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sure it will. Yeah. So because nobody, nobody makes thumbnails like that. And that was the whole point of the title or, you know, the thumbnail words that I had recommended was because nobody, nobody makes it, you know, frameless cabinets for dummies like nobody has to like wait it's also really hard because i mean anytime i've ever done a cabinet related video it's been one of my better producing videos why because it's such a highly mm -hmm. searched topic but yeah, the feedback very. that i got on this on how i went about doing it and how i d explained things that's what's really good so that just reassures to me i need to continue to do that kind of stuff so yeah um anyway we're, we're doing instagram accounts right yep we are okay i'd like to go last today if i could all right. Said so you want to okay. go? Okay. <clears throat> Ready? This is <clears throat> going to be a twofer tonight yep. for me because I can't talk about one what? and not talk about the other. Okay. I'm going to call out Ronnie Fulton and his Ooh, aunt, nice. uh, from uh, and his son Cameron Fulton. Or we call him Cam. I've known these two gentlemen for quite some time. I met Cam when, God, he wasn't even up to my waist. And now he's 13, 12 or 13 now. So Ronnie, I uh, just uh, I just interviewed him recently. He's one of the, he's just such a cool dude. Great contractor. And uh, they're out of the Kentucky area. They're father-son. But first, it's at Ron, I mean, at Fulton Fine Woodworks. That's what, that's Ronnie's page. That's on Instagram. But also his son is Cam and it's Cam, Cam's Corner Shop. And yep. yeah, Cam's Corner Shop. And scroll through because you can see him growing up. And this kid is, this young man, I should say, is 12, 13 now. And Ronnie and I were just talking about him on the podcast. And, boy, he can hold his own in the shop. He turns. He's right there with his dad on the job sites, having fun. Can't wait to work on the weekends with him. And just it's just a really good feel, uh, father-son. Just nice guys. So I want to call him out because I really respect so, them. I would love to uh, add to that. So last year at WorkbenchCon um, – Ronnie and Cam spent, like, I think we went to dinner most nights while we were there, spent a lot of time with each other. 
And I was so impressed with how sharp Cam is. Mm-hmm. And I was also very excited about the relationship that Ronnie has with his son, Cam. And I, I just wanted to bring this up because every time I think about what I want my relationship with Leo to be like, I immediately, immediately think about Ronnie and Cam. And it's just, I know exactly what you mean. Like, it's super, it's super awesome, the relationship they have. But, I mean, sitting here, like, what's so cool is that Ronnie takes him on all of the jobs and he's doing all of this work, and we're sitting like eating dinner at stuff at, like Buffalo Wild Wings, and Ronnie is talking about these jobs and his expectations and his thoughts and his dealings with customers and all this stuff. Like he was somebody that's been doing this for years, and he was so young. I'm just like this kid is just so sharp. Like this, it, it's incredible. And then just seeing the two of them together, I mean, they're just inseparable. And that is exactly what I what I hope Leo will be like uh, mm-hmm. with me in the shop. So very, very, very good recommendation. That's really awesome. And, and I really like Ronnie's story too. Yes. Like how he <clears throat> got into woodworking and how he started and, you know, circumstances with his family and he just kind of leaned forward into it. And I think that's, that's really awesome, especially how he got started. And, and he does incredible the work, that he, work. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. A few weeks ago, he posted about, um, you know, because he installs these automatic screen door systems mm-hmm. uh, as like an enclosure in people's back. Freaking cat. <laughs> um, did you guys hear that? Oh, yeah, we heard it. Some some random piece of wood just really pissed him off, and he just decided to knock it off. Typical cat. Anyways, um, but he, he installs these automatic screen doors that are, are between columns, like on a back, back porch or back patio. Um, and it's, it's so cool to watch, you know, yeah. he, he does really great, really good work, but really great recommendation this week, Sedge. Thank you. Um, anything else you got to say about it? I'm good. I just, um, I'm going to call it out. Listen to, uh, the Fest Tool shop talk I did with him. Yeah. And you'll understand. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You will understand why he is such a great gentleman and his, his outlook on life yeah, is yeah, unbelievable. Fantastic. It's a one heck of a story. So just wanted to point that out. He's a friend of mine, and that's I consider him a good friend. I'm assuming he'll go to yeah. WorkbenchCon, so we'll definitely be hanging out with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'll have to meet him. So, you know, this this week, you know, anytime we do these 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 Instagram accounts that we should follow or YouTube or whatever, you know, it's really inspirational to see these people, what they do. And, you know, there's always something to learn from them. However, this account, this account pisses me off every time I see it. <laughs> and I, every time I see a post come up from this account, it makes me want to quit woodworking. You better not like, go that's where how, I think you're going with this. That's, that is how much I hate this account. I hate this account because of how damn good it is. And the the account is Waters in Auckland. Um, they're based in the UK. It's a woodworking school. What is it? Um, it's, unbe- Waters, it's unbelievable. Waters 
with like an ampersand, like an an uh, an and symbol. Got it. Auckland, A C L A N D. Like they because they they feature their students' work. Good lord! And it is like I said, when you go and look at it, you're like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done being a yeah. Worker. I quit. <laughs> because there is no way that you can that you would ever hope to to uh, rise to the level of craftsmanship that, that these students have. And it is, it's so bonkers how well it is. I mean, this is like, if, if woodworking was a collegiate degree, these guys were in the master's program. Like the, these were the PhDs of woodworking. I 100% um, agree with you. I've never heard of them, but it is incredible. I mean, uh, like, you know, listening to this podcast, it, it really does not do it justice. You have to go follow these, uh, th this account and see what these students are making. It is insane what they're able to create. Like, I had no idea that you could do that to Wood. Um, That's what she said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but like I said, like, uh, you know, unless I, I you know, from from what I what I understand or what I know about um, this this teaching course or this academy, if you want to call it that, is you know all of these designs are coming from the students. Like they they are they they conceptualize the design and then the instructors show them. They kind of guide them how to get there. Ooh, and it's I just, could go do a one week course there. Yeah, for like five thousand dollars, it'd be worth every but, penny. Um, Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I don't know to if hang that's out in the UK price, and go see all my UK followers. Yeah. You'd have to, you have to go across a pond to do it, but man, do they do some incredible work? And oh, yeah. every time that they post, every time that they post something, I think to myself, I didn't know Wood could do that. So <laughs> that's a good one. definitely go give them a follow. Um, I've been following them for years, Ben. That's a really good call out too, as well. They're, Absolutely, it's a very good. I've never heard of them. Yeah, I've been following them for God, years and years. Amazing. They're such a big account, and I've never, yeah. never heard of them. Yeah. I, I and I don't I don't know if they have one, but I would really want to see them with a YouTube account. Incredible, absolutely incredible. Jason, what do you got this week? All right, so the one I'm going to talk about tonight has nothing at all to do with woodworking. And I, if we have a couple of minutes, I'd kind of like to talk about why I'm talking about this one. So the person that I'm going to recommend is a tax strategist. And I know that that might sound kind of strange, but the way that I'm envisioning this is that there is a very large population of our audience, whether it's on the podcast or on Instagram or YouTube or whatever that's trying to figure out how to start a business and, and what all the rules mean and everything like that. And, uh, you know, I've been doing this for what coming up on three years now. Um, and I think just as important if you create a business, just as important as anything else is understanding, um, how you can maximize your, you know, your profits, your, your tax return at the end of the year and understanding the business side of things. And so, the person that I am actually going to recommend this week is somebody that I have found a ton, a absolute ton of value in. And he's on both Instagram and YouTube. 
and he just has really, really good information on the business side of things. And the account is at Carlton Dennis, and that's spelled K-A-R-L-T-O-N-D-E-N-N-I-S, at Carlton Dennis. And his Instagram is really just a lot of clips from his YouTube videos, but holy cow, if you want to know what the difference between, you know, an LLC and an S-Core and a you know, LLP and, you know, things that you can write off. What's a write-off versus a deduction? I mean, it's just, I mean, I have been inundated with information that I just did not know existed. So that that is my recommendation this week. I think it would be very helpful to a lot of people. Yes, Ben? Are clause a, a write-off or a deduction? Um, deduction? Okay. Business expense, you have to have white claw to it's do a your job. It, it's a consumable, right? I would say it's it, it's a deduction because you have to have it to do your job. A write-off would be if you needed it for a project. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of works both ways. Thanks, white claw. <laughs> yeah, thanks, white claw. Um, so, anyways, like I said, I know I know that we're we typically want to focus on like the woodworking community, but I I, I mean I just the value that I've gotten from him is it's unbelievable. Like it has answered so many questions that I have. And it also gave me so many questions to ask my CPA about like, well, what about this? What about this? And he's very good. He's very uh, personable. Um, but with that being said, I wanted to, to quickly talk about something before we close this out. And I know Sedge knows exactly what I'm talking about. And I hope Ben does, but Holy cow, Sedge, Sean Cannell, Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Think media. Think media. <clears throat> yep. I yep. started following him way back in the day when he was doing videos mm -hmm. on, you know, cameras and microphones and all this stuff. And he has completely shifted his business. They still do a lot of that. But you want to talk about somebody that every time I listen to the podcast, if he's the one talking on the podcast, mm -hmm. I swear to God, I feel like he's talking to me directly. Yeah. I yeah. he is so in tune mm -hmm. with YouTube and the and the process. Um, he is just a wealth of knowledge. I actually started reading his first book. I think it was his first book, YouTube Secrets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm yeah, about yeah. halfway through it right now. <coughs> um, really valuable. I think he has another one. I'm actually thinking about becoming a member of his like little group that he has. And I'm going to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Um, he has an option for like a one-on-one -on -one phone call, like a strategy phone call. It's like $2,000 for an hour. I'm not kidding. I am like thinking, like I'm, I'm like figuring out ways that I can make that two grand and, and do that call because his free content, if anybody, is, if anybody out there is thinking about getting serious about YouTube, the only channel, the only channel that you need to go find is Think Media period. Their podcast, their YouTube channel, their website. I am not affiliated with them in any way. I just no. want to make that clear. They are a wealth of knowledge and their free content is oh. mind blowing. So I, I can't even imagine I've binged how on good their paid content is. I've binged on 30 of their podcasts and I'm not even halfway done. I think there's a third of them I'm done because they're in their 90s now, episode 90. And it's just if you're oh, yeah. if you're into it and if it's really helped me at work as well, uh, just to give thought about um, social media 
and YouTube. It's, 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 it really makes you think about things. And if you're a presenter, demonstrator, whatever, it makes you really think about things. I, I enjoy it because they, there was they, one, they yeah. have it dialed down to the formulas. It's pretty awesome. There was one, there was uh, one and they've done tons uh, of research, tons but there was research, episode, 91, episode 91, why subscribers aren't watching your videos. I felt like he was talking to me directly. I was just like, holy cow, like I can totally relate to that. Um, there was another one, though, that I actually meant to tell you about, Ben, to listen to it because we've had this conversation. Um, oh, <laughs> this is one, no, episode 80, why, why successful YouTube creators get stuck and stop growing. Um, five reasons why you're stuck and not growing on YouTube. Uh, it was, it's just amazing. Like, and it's funny because they're all just clips of him giving some of these paid courses and some of these paid, uh, presentations and stuff. But the insight on them is just unreal. Like, Mm-hmm. And they, they, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, they're very successful, and they've started multiple channels. They've done all this stuff. Anyways, I just had to throw that in there. I know that that's, not a, that's more of a YouTube channel, but Sean Cannell is his name. Uh, Think Media is the YouTube channel. If you're, if you're interested in doing the social media thing 100%, please go check that out. Like, it is – the free content is just unbelievable. It, I Again, that's why I'm saying I'm I'm willing to spend the two thousand dollars and have a one-on-one phone call with him and be like, "Look, man, this is what I want to do. This is what's been happening. You know, what can I do to change?" No, that, that, I think that's a really great recommendation. Even if, you know, I, I think that probably a majority of our audience isn't really looking uh, for anything like that. But the very few that that are, um, I mean, and just like you, Jason, I've I've been watching Sean for a long time. There was a a channel he had with his partner Benji um, years ago. Again, talking about cameras oh, yeah. and like recording and stuff like that. So I, I've known about Sean for a really long time, and I agree with you in that. Probably in the last year and a half, two years, he's really doubled down on content creation and YouTube uh, channel growth and stuff like that. Um, and especially with with their their podcast that they started within the last year or two, um, there is so much value, especially in their free content that you know when you're talking about a two thousand dollar phone call like i agree because they they do a deep dive in their youtube channel kind of you know look at some of the things that you're doing um yeah i mean it, it he is um he and his team they put out a lot of great content for creators so if you're a content creator or if you're looking to get into the content creation game uh definitely go check out their their free free content i know that um i've gotten a lot of value out of their recent podcast episodes um so yeah i think it's a great it's fantastic fantastic i cannot say enough good things about it awesome well this was a long one no two hours it's two hours to become a a regular yeah but i feel like this is officially the longest episode i don't think we've had one go over two hours oh crap guys i haven't mentioned the normal thing. Oh, nice. My coffee. coffee. <laughs> I love you, my coffee. You're my, coffee. <laughs> You're my best friend. Do we? Do we still want to get him on? Absolutely, we do. Absolutely. I can call him tonight. I think tomorrow. you're you're next in the shoot, right? Or is that? No, Sedge. Yeah. No, Sedge. 
Well, next yeah, week should right. be audience questions, then yeah. Sedge, then me, then you. Yeah, I think that's I think right. next one's audience. Cool. Do you want me to reach out to him and see if he wants to come on? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I, I need I still want to, pick to a revise topic, the schedule now that we're doing weekly. But Okay. So in three weeks, next Tuesday, then Sedge. Yeah, three weeks. I'll talk to him. Cool. I'm sure he'll say yes. I mean... <laughs> Does he know who we are? I mean, we're, we're great tutors. So, and know. not to mention, it's not like we haven't given his podcast tons of promotion. Mm-hmm. And they Lots. haven't mentioned us once. They, they've, they've loosely talked nope. about us. No, they loosely, have not. but not specifically. No, they have not. I listen to every one of their podcasts. They've never once mentioned the Green Suitors podcast. And you know what? When he gets on the podcast, oh, Mike, I hope you listen to this, which he won't. I am going to grill you and find out why. Nice. He, Mike, Mike, he had said recently, or not recently, this is probably four or five episodes back. He was like, oh, yeah, on Bent's podcast. He didn't even say Green Suiters. He said Bent's podcast. I don't remember like, that. you're the one that owns it. My ears would have perked up a little bit, and I listened to all of their podcasts. Man, you know, it's funny. I actually have him saved as a favorite in my phone because we talk so often, and he can't even mention our podcast on his show. <laughs> Wow. No, they, they've definitely never uttered the words green suitors. Oh, hold on. Never. Let me, I'll prove it to you. Let's go to my, look at this. So I've got, you probably, oh, bleh, bleh, bleh. why is this not, oh, it's because my camera's up there. Anyways, I've got my wife. I've got Ben Marshall. I've got Sedge. I've got Ben Brunt, who is, uh, he was the guy that redid my website. Great guy. I've got Mike. And then I've got our group, Sedge and Ben. <laughs> he's, in my, he's in my top six. <laughs> you know what? I think I know why. I think I know why. He, he's, because he's worried that everybody's going to leave their crappy podcast and go to ours. I get oh, it. my God. Yeah, because we're, we're, like, we're like the direct competitor for them. Exactly. And, I mean, our stats show that we're pretty much dominating. Actually, so. that's not true. Like, everybody's... Stri- like Shop Sounds, <laughs> their podcast is, they're doing really well. Shop Sounds. Yeah. Oh, which speaking of that, KJ Sawdust, right? Yep. You are like the new KJ Sawdust because you have a shop cat hanging around your shop constantly. <laughs> Gumbo the shop cat. He cool. listens to our podcast. He likes it. Well, that's good, man. I'm glad that Thanks, he does. Keith. Thanks, Keith. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thank you, sir. We love you. Can't All right, well, look, I think going. we need to wrap yeah, this up. Yeah, we because, do, because this is getting late. Um, you know, before before we close it, Eric, thank you so much for uh, for asking us to, to talk about such a really great topic. Um, in true fashion, we like to derail things quite a bit, but and hopefully go we answered all your... In, in depth, way too much in depth. Yeah. Yep. I hope that we answered all of your material-esque questions. Jason... If anybody that li- that is listening to this past the two-hour mark wants to find you and what you do, where can they find you? I mean, let's be real, Ben. They know. <laughs> Google me, everybody. No. Uh, <laughs> at Ben's Woodworking on Instagram and Ben's Woodworking.com or Ben's Woodworking on YouTube. Or just go to Ben's Woodworking.com and buy some plans and read the great articles that Ben writes or that used to write. doesn't write anymore. Uh, or the plans that he doesn't make. Um yeah, do all those things. You'll find all my social media platforms there. Thank you. Ben, what about you? And you can find me 
uh, at Instagram and YouTube at Ben Marshall Designs. You can also find my website uh, at Marshall Design Works, which by the time this podcast comes out, because it's due tomorrow, I have to have it complete and ready to go for school. That's the whole reason why I have the websites for a school project. Um, you can find a few designs on there, a few blog posts that I'll have on there in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think Sag, you have some plans on there too that you made for yourself, didn't you? That's right. And they I didn't did. get paid for. <laughs> Sedge, go ahead and take the next 15 minutes and, and tell everybody where we can find yeah, you. Yeah, Elton John, where can we find you? <laughs> SedgeTool.com, SedgeTool on YouTube, SedgeTool on Instagram, SedgeTool on TikTok, SedgeTool on Twitter. Also, at Festool Sedge on Instagram and uh, Festool Shop Talk on YouTube. And also Festool Live every Friday at noon. We're going to be doing episode 74 coming up. So that's where you can find me. Sedge, since this is releasing the same day that you're doing the live, what are you guys doing at all? What are we doing what? What are you doing the Festool Live on next week? Um, Because this comes out the same day that you're doing it. Uh, to be determined at this moment. I'm just going to tell everybody right now, it's about the new drawer <laughs> system for the mini T-Lock. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us blabber on. And uh, we look forward to, to catching everybody in the next Thank episode. you, everybody, yes, Thank for you hanging so much. in there. Oh, leave a review. Go leave a review. Leave a Please. review. Leave a review. Love it. Yeah, leave a review and a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, thank you. It's not hard. It's free. Thank you. Hey, this is Ben, co-host and editor of the Green Suiters Podcast. This episode is over, but if you want to hear more topics like this and you want to be a part of our conversation, head over to patreon.com forward slash Green Suiters Podcast for early access to each show. If you're listening to this on free feeds, be sure to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.